This is On the Radar with me, your host, Radar. If you're looking for the the Eastern Conference preview of the 2023 through 2024 season, you can check that out wherever you get podcasts, Apple, Google, or Spotify. You check out blogger account, my Radar 4428, On the Radar Entertainment blog, on Facebook, or on ontheradarmedia.com. You will see a written preview of the whole entire NBA and predictions on the standings, the playoffs, and the awards. Now then, let's get to the actual NBA preview for the Western Conference. This is all about the Western Conference, and that's all you're going to get. The Nuggets. Every year, what would happen is, man, oh, man, oh, man. They would have a top record in the league, and then they'd lose in the playoffs. Jamal Murray got hurt. Michael Porter got hurt, and you're just like, well, I don't know what's going to go on with this team and things like that, and you're just like, okay, cool, let's let's just count them out, and every year I kept predicting them to go far, and then they never did, and guess what happened? Nikola Jokic proved that he's not just a regular season player when he had those two MVPs. He literally... Won the NBA championship. Jamal Murray and Michael Porter proved that they can be healthy and consistent players. And going into this season, they're a a few years removed from those really catastrophic injuries, which is good. Aaron Gordon showed up and and was like a lockdown defender and rebounder. And he played up to the play he was supposed to be. Because guess what? Instead of playing him at small forward like Orlando did a few seasons, they let him be who he is. Okay. And he lived up to his potential being like the third or fourth best player on a team and not the best player, which is definitely what is more suited, okay? He's back, okay? Katavis Caldwell-Pope, who won a championship with the Lakers and won now one with Denver, he's a key guy, key player in this league. He's a 3 and D guy. You really need those guys. Now, Reggie Jackson, they got him at the deadline last year. That's a very good backup point guard in this league, and they also added Justin Holiday. So, again, that's not bad. They still got DeAndre Jordan. That's, you know, a veteran there. And uh, Mike Malone, every year I kept saying this dude, the top coach, he win coach of the year. Well, now he's finally did that. Losing veterans Jeff Green and Bruce Brown kind of hurt because, obviously, that's what you, those guys were key guys that when you won the championship, right? So those are key guys. Well, in the draft, they drafted a shooting guard named Julian Stoutweather. They say he can shoot and has good size, but he's on defense. They're hoping that maybe he contributes with Kristen Braun from last year. And they also drafted Jalen Pickett. So they had a few draft picks this year that maybe they're, they're going to contribute, just maybe. And maybe they're not, but this Christian Braun guy is going to definitely get a lot of minutes because they definitely need him. But again, if they need some help on the bench, they'll just make some deadline moves like they did, which I still don't get why they traded Bones Highland. That's just me. But yeah, the Denver Nuggets, I know it's very hard to repeat. You know, Miami and the Lakers and the Celtics in the past and the Bulls are teams that have repeated. But the Nuggets have a good chance of at least being a top five seed and getting to the conference finals, I think. They're, like, clearly the team to beat. They really are, okay? 
A lot of other teams have taken stepping back, so they got an adjustment period when it comes to this. So I will say this. The Nuggets have a very good chance of repeating. I don't know if that's going to happen, but yes. Now, the Nuggets play in the division that's called the Northwest. So that's the Denver Nuggets who are in the Pacific, you know, I mean, they're in the mountain time zone. Portland's also up there, you know, Port, you know, Portland is up there, you know, Oregon, you know, and Utah's out there also on mountain time. But the thing is, the Oklahoma City Thunder, who are the former Seattle Supersonics, they're out there playing the Northwest and they're in the Midwest, okay? They're the Southwest, technically, whatever. And Minnesota is right next to Illinois. So I just never understood that. Now, obviously, the Timberwolves have been such a tease for all these years. When you have D'Angelo Russell a few years ago with Carl Anthony Towns, and they got themselves Jimmy Butler, you're just like, wow, this is the team. They're going to be good. Well, Jimmy Butler left them, and this team was D'Angelo Russell and Carl Anthony Towns. You're like, that's a good experiment. Then they drafted Anthony Edwards, and you're like, that's really good. They got three talented players there. Then they go decide and gut their team and give up draft picks to get Rudy Gobert, okay? And that experiment didn't really work that well. They did not have the best season possible. They they were in the playing game. That didn't really do anything for them going forward. And at the deadline, they swapped out D'Angelo Russell for veteran Mike Conley. So a full season of Mike Conley's veteran presence in the clubhouse, in the locker in the locker room, I mean, and facilitating and setting things up. Anthony Edwards have to play hero ball. Carlton A. Towns doesn't have to be. He knows how to get everyone involved, which is a good thing, okay? But again, they're going to go back with two centers. Like, I don't know. Like, it just doesn't seem like they're, that's a really good idea. And then they locked up this Naz Reed guy to a long-term deal. So they have three centers they're paying all this money to. The good thing is Kyle Anderson, the former Spurs player, is a quality 3 and D small forward, and they locked up Jaden McDaniel, and they brought in Troy Brown Jr., and they still have Nikhil Alexander-Walker from the, from those trades, and they brought in Shea Milton. They have Shake Milton. Like, overall, it's not a bad, you know, bad team, but it's always just like, well, like, what are they going to do? Like, obviously... They locked down Anthony Edwards, but it's still going to fall down to, can Carl Anthony Towns prove to be the best player on his team and take his team in the playoffs and go anywhere? Is he just not going to be the, the guy you can count on? Anthony Edwards has to be the guy if he's not going to do it, you know? That's just the real issue with them. Like, that's the only thing I'm going to be is, can Carl Anthony Towns or Anthony Edwards lead a team that's very talented? I know the West is is stacked, but they have a actually a good starting five. If my starting five is Mike Conley, Anthony Edwards, Kyle Anderson, Carl Anthony Towns, or Rudy Gobert, or either Jaden McDaniels starting, like it's not a bad, bad lineup. And if you're like, well, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Shake Milton, Troy Brown Jr., and one of the guys that's between Anderson and McDaniels and Nas Reed is your next crew, and then you got Luke Garza as well. I'm not hating on that roster. I think that's a very good one. I just don't know if you can rely on them to be considered for the one of the eight seeds because the West is steep. Okay? The team that I feel like is going to take the next step 
you know, in that, you know, I don't even know the T-Wolves head coaches. I have no idea. Yeah, I have to even look this up because I have no idea. His name is Chris Finch. I got no idea. Oh, the Thunder, last year, they were a playing game, and they were two games under 500. Shea Gills, Alexander, improved player of the year. Josh Giddy getting better since his rookie season. They they have all these young guys that have been on their team, like Aaron Wiggins. Lou Dort is a good 3 and D guy. They have two Jalen Williams, two big guys, but Jalen Williams made the all-rookie team. And they gave up, then they got rid of all the veterans. Like, all the veterans, but they got Davis, Davis Bertans in a trade to get another pick. Guys like Trey Mann, Jalen Williams, Omasir Dang, you know, Davis Bertans, Aaron Wiggins. Those are guys that are coming off the bench. I don't know how they put Davis, Davis Bertans as a fifth-string player on these depth charts, but that's another story. But really what it is, is they get Chet Holgram healthy back from injury for a full season. With Jalen Williams, you know, SGA and Josh Giddy, that's lots and lots and lots and lots of talent. And you're just like, really now? And I feel like Mark DeGoggle, the Thunderhead coach, whatever his name is, is going to get a lot of votes for their, you know, offseason. I mean, their season based on what they're doing. So it's really what it is. They had a top five protected pick with the Nuggets in 20 town for a package of less valuable picks headlined by 29er Julian Sowers and a 2024 first round pick they'll fall in the 20s. It also flipped the 12 and took on some bad money and by turn to get Cason Wallace at the 10th spot. So that's, you know, not bad. It's another young player you can grow with. When they got Victor Depot first, they got two first and second round picks. So they're like, just take him. But obviously you got trade Oladipo. And the 29-year-old draft set project of Isaiah Michik, who will probably see some time this year, but not not guaranteed. But yeah. The Thunder are all about collecting draft picks and getting young players. So getting the 10th overall pick, Cason Wallace. I don't know why they simply got a point guard. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Like, I just don't get it. They draft a point guard when they have two point guards. It's one of the things, I don't know. That didn't make that much sense to do that with the case of Wallace, dude. But they, Sam Presti's done a good job of figuring out what to do there. And you're just like, okay, cool. And then they got... The Derek Lively. So they got another center, which is good. So Chet Holmgren doesn't play center the whole entire time. That's not bad. It's really... Then they got a, another guy, a small forward. Then they got so they another small forward. So they got a lot of picks. So I feel like the Thunder have a very good chance of being better than the Timberwolves this year and being out of the playing game, you know? Maybe. It all really depends on the rest of the league. But I just feel like... The Thunder of that team that's going to take the next step going forward. Like, for real. Like, that's really what it is. Now, the Utah Jazz. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, gone. Gone, gone, gone. Mike Conley, gone. They have a lot of guys that are gone. 
So, I don't get this stupid depth chart on ESPN. Some of them are dumb. They have Jordan Clarkson as a starting point guard. They do one six-man of the year. He's a combo guard. He's coming off the bench. Colin Sexton played well with the change of scenery. And Taylor and Tucker, without the pressure of being in the Lakers, also played better. And guess what? Laurie Markkinen was a freaking all-star. The Bulls were tired of him being injured and being inconsistent. So, they did a sign-and-trade with the Cavaliers and really got nothing. And the Cavs just said, hey, we don't need this guy. And obviously, with Donovan Mitchell trade. And Walker Kessler was an all-rookie guy. Kelly Olenek, Omer Yusufin, those are both quality backups big men in this league. And Chris Dunn's a good defensive guard off the bench as well. And they got John Collins, so they have an actual starting power forward. So this is not a bad starting five. Collins, Sexton, Taylor, and Tucker, Lloyd Market, and Josh Collins, and Walker Kessler. With Jordan Clarkson, Chris Dunn, Kelly Olenek, and Omer Yusufin as some of your main bench players. Like, I don't know. Quinn Snyder obviously quit because he didn't want to be in a rebuild. Like, I get it. I really do, man. But, and the Jazz, obviously, because of the Timberwolves trade for Rudy Gobert, they got a Kate Keontae George, so that will give him another guard off the bench. And they got for the Sixers a shooting guard in Bryce Sensbaugh, so they got themselves two guards. And then with the ninth pick, they got this Taylor Hendricks dude, who they said... 3 and D4 to construct the floor. Lobster, protect the rim, be versatile defender. But, again, they're just going to be, all these rookies are just going to be role players, backups. They're not going to be spending that much time doing that. But overall, the Jazz, you know, with their coach, Will Hardy, they're a chance to maybe be not really bad. They could be average or decent because of the starting five and this having the six, one of the goods who won six man of the year. Like that's, that's quality, quality, quality there. And that's what I could say about the Jazz is that they're young and they're improving and change of scenery guys really helped out marketing uh, Colin Sexton and Taylor Orton Tucker. And John Collins, maybe in, in Atlanta, he's going to be a change of scenery guy. But Atlanta took way too ever to trade him so they kept talking about it all this time. But yes, that is the Jazz. And now you're going to say, the Portland Trailblazers, you're going to put them in last place? I'm like, I certainly am. Damian Lillard, the uh, the error is over. Game time is over. The whole of him being loyal every season and people are like, no, you got to get rid of it. You got to trade him because CJ McCollum's gone. Yusuf Nurkic is never healthy. Blah, 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 blah. He never got to play with the likes of Greg Oden and LaMarcus Aldridge when it was, and Brandon Roy. That would have been an amazing team. Terry Stotts, who took him to the playoffs, and Nate McMillan, who took the Portland Trailblazers to the playoffs, both got fired, and they gave Chauncey Billis the job, and I don't know if he really needed uh, – Lillard really wanted him as the head coach. I didn't know – we don't know that, so that was interesting. And, yeah, the era is over, okay? It is – Move on, time. And I just didn't think they got enough for him in a three-way trade. There's only way going to get him. I feel like when they got Drew Holiday from the Bucks, that's when they cashed in on combo guard Malcolm Brogdon, a young big man of Robert Williams, and then, of course, DeAndre Eaton from the Suns in that three-way trade. I feel like that's not bad. It really is not bad. The, the haul they got for him, but it's a game. Chauncey Billups is going to start all over with rookie Scoot Henderson, young players Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp, 
as your guard combination with Brogdon, who I feel like they should just trade him. There's plenty of teams that could use a, a lead guard, veteran guard like Malcolm Brogdon. They brought in the youngster, Matthias Teibel, who I remember him being on the Sixers. He's only 26. They said he's going to be starting small forward, and I'm like, I don't really know about that. But either way, though, they're really stacked there. DeAndre Aiden Robert Williams. Like, how many teams are going to be like, we're going to get two young big guys? Like, that's pretty good. And Jeremy Grant, they paid him all this money, and and, they, and, we, and I was thinking that was maybe because Damon Lillard was still going to be there, and they were like, cool, cool, cool. That's what we're going to do. But again, it's all starting over. Scoot Henderson is the future. And that's really what it's all about. It's just the young guys are really going to be leading this team. Yes, that's really what it is. They got this Chris Murray at power forward of the 23rd pick. He's going to be backing up Jeremy Grant. They got a small forward in Rian Rupert from France. So, again, back up. So, Chauncey Billups a lot of work ahead of him to figure out the whole Scoot Henderson, Shaden Sharp, Anthony Simons, Matthias Tysball, Malcolm Brogdon rotation at the guard positions and small forward. And the whole how often are you going to play Aiton and Robert Williams? Because both of them are starting centers in this league. That's questions. I feel like that's a rebuild. They're just starting over from scratch. Now, the Southwest Division makes sense. It's got Houston, Dallas, and San Antonio. But Memphis and New Orleans are not west. They're the Middle East. They're the Eastern area or they're the Central. That's where I'm just like, I don't know. Now, in that division, Memphis Grizzlies were the the two seed last year. Okay? I don't know if they're going to finish in the two seed. I have a feeling that with John Morant missing 25 games due to his actions, and now the latest news that Stephen Adams, a day or two before the season started, he is going to have surgery and he's going to be out for the year. Knee surgery. Jaron Jackson Jr. did win Defensive Player of the Year last year while playing alongside him. But the question is, is he going to be effective all by himself playing center and not power forward? That's a good question. So that's why I don't think the Memphis Grizzlies are going to be a top five seat. They're going to be in the playing game again because it's going to be... I know they're like, oh, not last year, but two years ago they played really well without John Moran. And I'm like, I don't really know about that. I don't think in this tough West... They're going to have a better record than the Kings, the Suns, the Clippers, the Warriors, the Lakers, the Timberwolves, the Pelicans, the Thunder, the Dallas Mavericks. Like, I don't think they're going to have a better record than those guys. It's going to be very hard for you to fit, you know, yourself in there. So that's what I'm just thinking, like, it's going to be very hard, okay, because they got rid of Jones, and I don't know why they got rid of Tyus Jones. Like, with John Morant gone, he played really, really, really well for them, and Dylan Brooks, they didn't want to pay him all this money as a 3 and D guy, so they kept Desmond Bain. They said, you know what, we need guys who can play minutes at point guard, so we'll get... We'll get former MVP Derek Rose. We'll get the former Defense Player of the Year, Marcus Smart. And again, heart and soul of the Celtics. It's only going to make Memphis better 
and he, and the two of them are going to mentor John Morant because we won't want John Morant to waste his talent on the court by what he does off the court. That's player like I need we need to be worried about him and that's why with with him missing 25 games and Tyus Jones gone and you're just using Derrick Rose at his age right now and Marcus Smart's not an offensive player, you're kind of just like going, okay, we don't have a real actual point guard. So those are crushing blows right there. Now, obviously, Brandon Clark is also out because of the injury he had last year, and he's going to come back at some point, but at this point, with him out until probably some point this season because he tore his Achilles last year. We don't know when he's coming back. And Steven Adams back. This Xavier Tillman, they list him as a starting center. But I feel like they're going to be smart and play Jaron Jackson at center and give this Kenneth Lofton Jr. guy who was in the G League minutes. Just minutes at power four. Just run the floor, get rebounds, play defense, get some steals, throw in some... Tip in some balls. Like, just do that. That's what I feel like is going to happen there. And obviously, they got Luke Kennard last year in these trades. And that's a, a quality three-point shooter in this league. Like, he's a knockdown shooter. So, that's going to help this team offensively. Desmond Bain's going to have a lot of pressure being the lead uh, perimeter player with Dylan Brooks gone. So, Zaire Williamson. I mean, Williams, excuse me. Zaire Williams along with Kenneth Lofton, I was like, the two of them are going to have to get a lot of minutes to small forward. Well, I feel like now Lofton's going to have to get a lot of minutes in the front court, and that's why there's a lot of key players missing for Taylor Jenkins and Memphis Grizzlies that I don't really know if they're really going to be that amazing or if they're going to be even a playing team. They probably have to do a playing game, and that's just things for them. Now that the Dallas Mavericks... They last year decided to give up on the season and said we'd rather get a, a better draft pick. So we're not going to play Luka and Kyrie towards the end of the season, you know. And their big and their biggest thing was Kristen Wood and Davis Bertans and JaVale McGee are gone. They lost three front court players who have upside. Reggie Bullock and Justin Holiday were good defensive players on the perimeter who can shoot the occasional three. And Frank Nidalina is an okay backup point guard. Keeping Dwight Powell and Marky Morris, you have to do it when you're losing three bigs, okay? Getting Grant Williams, who they list at power forward, who's like shorter than Draymond Green, like no. That guy is not a power forward. But the good thing is they brought Seth Curry back, okay? Again, having him and Tim Hardaway as two... Great three-point shooter. The question is, you can't really play them both at the same time because Luka and Kyrie are there. Rashawn Holmes, they had to pick him up to replace, again, one of the three big men they lost. Same thing with Derrick Jones. They're just shuffling the deck with Holmes, Derrick Jones, Dwight Powell, Marquis Moore staying when you lose Burn, uh, Bertans, McGee, and Wood, okay? And Dante Exum, again, backup point guard in this league, didn't live up to his potential. It's just going to take the minutes that Frank Nidalina did not, you know, take by losing him. Losing him. Uh, 
And they had the 12th fix where they got this Derek Lively guy. So maybe this Derek Lively guy is going to be a great center from day one so that Maxi Kleba, Dwight Powell... Maxi Cleaver's the backup. Dwight Powell's undersized, and Derrick Jones Jr. is undersized, and Marquise Morris, who's kind of been undersized. Again, I don't know why these depth charts have them so far back, Morris. Clever that. The whole point of re-signing Morris and signing Derrick Jones and signing Rashawn Holmes and re-signing Dwight Powell is they're going to play a lot of minutes at center power forward. Grant Williams, in my opinion, should be playing small forward, but they want to play this Josh Green guy. So then is does Seth Curry and Tim Hardaway become just marginal backups? That two of them could probably start for other teams, and Dante Exum will be the backup point guard. So that's where I'm just a little bit confused with what they're doing there. So obviously, Jason Kidd has got a lot of work cut out for him because I didn't want them to re-sign Kyrie Irving. But you're like, well, they traded away Finney Smith Jr. and Dean Winnie and all these other guys who were helpful players on this team. So you have to keep them. Oh, no, you have to keep them. Oh, my God. No, 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 no. I think if Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving can figure out who's going to handle the ball and who's going to be a, the guy off the ball, that, that's a lot of work for Jason Kidd because most Luka Doncic teams, you want. That's why they told Dennis, they traded Dennis Smith Jr. and 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 other stuff was that they got guys who can be surrounding him. So Hardaway Jr. and Seth Curry should be playing at the same time as him to support him as three-point shooter and Kleba. Dwight Powell, Rashawn Holmes, Derek Jones Jr., Marquis Morris, and Derek Lively should be out there to grab rebounds and play defense, okay? Like, those are the type of guys you want out there. Just as Grant Williams does not seem like a great starting guy at Power 4 because he's not, nor is he a starting player in this league. No offense. He was a backup on the Celtics. He's 6'6", okay? He's not even 6'8". So I feel like Grant Williams and Josh Green... One should start and one should come off the bench, or none of them should start, and you got to start Tim Hardaway and Seth Curry because what's the point of having both those guys? They're not starting. They're not playing. They're surrounding them. That's why Kyrie, who's injury prone, small, undersized, doesn't play defense, doesn't rebound, is considered, oh, the best ball handler, so he needs the ball in his hand. But Luka's your point four. That's the whole reason why you want to surround him with three-point shooters. Like, I just, I just, the GM of the Mavericks makes absolutely no sense. Nico Harrison, the president of basketball operations and GM. I don't know what he's thinking. This team is going to be a flawed team again. And unless it's just going to be Luka and Kyrie Irving every night trying to beat the other team. Like, this is just not going to work out. But I still have more confidence that they're not going to miss the playoffs and they're going to at least be a playing team, if not a top six seed. Okay? These two, these two players are too good not to do that. And now, the next thing is the Pelicans. The Pelicans were a playing team, and the biggest thing is they added Cody Zeller, and they have a rookie. But Jackson Hayes left, so they have to replace with Cody Zeller. Losing Josh Richardson, Garrett Temple, are are those are key uh, backups, and again, two centers, and you replace with Cody Zeller. They kept Herbert Jones, so they have to man, like can't just lose. Every single guy, that all the role players on your team. They did draft this Jordan Hawkins guy who could potentially be a replacement for Josh Richardson or Garrett Temple off the bench, but you never know. They say he's, that he's a hot streak shooter during the title run, all this other stuff. So he gets to play off guys who, have the, who need the ball in their hands. 
But that's the thing. Now then. Jose Alvarado. It's a great story. They should make a Lifetime movie, whatever, out of it. But Dyson Daniels and Trey Murphy, they're not point guards, okay? Nor is C.J. McCollum um, or Herb Jones. So I'm looking at this stupid depth chart that ESPN is coming out with. And Herb Jones is playing small forward. He's a 3 and D guy. Brandon Ingram's like 6'10", 6'9". It's Ingram and Zion Williamson who are your forwards. It doesn't matter who's playing what. Because the question will come down to is how healthy and motivated in shape is Zion Williams going to be? How healthy is Brandon Ingram going to be? And McCollum's just a pro's pro. Valentunas is a quality center in this league. And Larry Nance Jr. and Cody Zeller are really good backup big men. Having Trey Murphy and Herbert Jones as 3 and D guys, that's perfect. I just don't know why this guy, the, the GM of this team was like, you know what? I don't need a point guard on this team. I don't need a backup point guard on this team. We're going to have CJ McCollum, who's a shooting guard, who's a good scorer. You can be the point guard. And have Brandon Ingram as a two-guard when he's a tall and lanky forward. So, again, this is another team where they got talent with Zion, Ingram, McCollum, Herbert Jones, and Trey Murphy, and quality you know, role players like Jonas and Nance and Zeller. But you're looking at this like, again, they were a playing team with the ninth seed. They were two games over 500. The real question is going to be, Willie Green in this team. Like, I just don't understand this. You need to explain this to me, how you don't have a point guard. Like, I don't I don't get it. Like, how do you not in the offseason go, you know what? We need a point guard. Like, who comes up with those decisions? Like, that is just stupid. Okay? Because even if Jose Alvarado was healthy... Who's the backup? Like, I don't understand this. And you would thought maybe... Okay, Dyson Daniels is 6'7". He's not a point guard. Kier Lewis is a four-string guy, but he's not it. Like, they drafted a shooting guard in Hawkins. A shooting guard. They didn't need a shooting guard. Like, I, I, don't, I don't get it. As I mentioned, this thing is just like... Dallas keeping Kyrie Irving, I just don't get it. And they got a lot smaller because no offense to Kleba and Dwight Powell... And Morris, it's just, and Derek Jones Jr. is one of my favorite players. Like, again, hopefully that center they drafted. But again, why you get those sharpshooters if you're not going to play them at the same time as him? It's just like, I don't understand some of the moves that either GM makes that they're not going to play them or start them or the moves they didn't make. And that's why both Memphis and New Orleans and Dallas, they're going to be in the playoff contention, but there's just some questionable moves about what they're doing. While the rest of the division, Houston and San Antonio, were both trying to lose last year, okay? There's a very good chance that Spurs don't finish with a 15th seed. And they could finish with a 13th or 14th. Because I feel like Portland going to probably slide down even more, okay? Spurs kept trading off assets like Derek White and Patty Mill and Jakob Pertl and this Kelton Johnson guy, I think, right? No, not Kellen Johnson. There's a few other guys that they just they gave away, man. The Spurs just said, you know what? We're going to do it because we just need to stink. So, obviously, Victor Wembiama, first overall pick, like Tim Duncan and, and David Robertson, he's the center. He's going to be the guy going forward. They didn't keep Georgie Dang or Keita Bay Dops because, again, they just didn't need him. 
Trey Jones is important to have a quality point guard on this team, and Devin Vessel is a good role player. Like, I'm confused. I thought this Jeremy Shoshin dude is like a front court player. Like, he's 6'8, 6'9, and he's a power forward or small forward. I don't know who came up with this stupid death chart on ESPN because I thought the whole point is Trey Jones is going to be starting point guard, Devontae Graham is going to be the backup point guard, Devin Vessel is going to be your starting two guard. Keldon Johnson is going to start at small forward, and you're going to play, and Jeremy Shoshin is going to be a power forward, and Wimbyama is going to be at center. Who has this guy at center? Because Zach Collins is a backup. You don't need him. You really don't need him. Says the Osman, you brought him in because he's a veteran. Yes. So obviously. Keldon Johnson's been there for a while. Yeah, forgot to mention, it was last year they traded away Deontay Murray because they're like, we don't need him. And they let Lonnie Walker go. So again, Lonnie Walker and like... As I mentioned, Lonnie Walker, Deontay Murray, Jacob Pertle, these all these guys that they just said, you know, we don't need anymore. And that's fine. They're not trying to win. That's totally cool. I don't get these depth charts. They're like missing people that make no sense. So obviously, Doug McDermott would be starting. You you want to start Doug McDermott having come off the bench because he and Keldon Johnson are a really good combination. Okay, Trey Jones doesn't matter if he or Devontae Graham is starting. Like I just you know don't understand these things. So so again. The Spurs are going to be a better team because Victor Wembyamba, he may not be so amazing right away, but with his length and his and his, you know, defense, he's just going to be a very very quality player to start his career right away, and that's that's really good. That's 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 a good thing there. Okay, that's what's going to happen. And again, they're going to have to build this team back up a little bit so that there's talent around him consistently. That's where, you know, you're going to be like, well, why did they trade away all the talent? Because they were just not winning, so there was no point in doing that. And you're like, okay, cool. That's fine. It really is because I still feel like a team that has Devontae Graham, Zach Caldens, Kellen Johnson, Trey Jones, Doug McDermott, Seti Oseman, Jeremy Shaston, Soshan, Devin Vessel, and Victor Wembyama. It's not going to be a bad team. Like, Greg Popovich is not going to have a really bad team there. And they obviously drafted this C. Scott dude in the second round, and we know that they're they're famous for the stuff that they do in the second round. It's really what, you know, they're known for. But, yes. They're gonna get. They're they're on the rise because if Wembyama is anything close to the hype that everyone has been talking about, that is scary. You don't want that proposition of well. 
like I, I would be afraid of Greg Popovich just now being motivated to stick around and head coach because I feel like the end was near for how much he was actually going to want to coach going forward. And now I feel like, you know what? He's like, I got Wembem Yana, the Wemby Mania. Like, I do not care about retirement right now because I got another future Hall of Fame talent on my team. And that is scary. And it really is because if if Greg Popovich is motivated and his team is supposed to be good and all this other stuff, you're going to be like, man, Spurs are back to being on top. The small town city is a big market and that's what's going to happen. And I'm just going to, and everyone's going to be like, dang, when we didn't see that coming. Oh, I don't know. I don't see that coming. Oh, yes, you saw that coming. I really, you really got to look at it like, Wembeyama with the players have him now, and they're just only going to get better. So, yes, San Antonio Spurs are going to be better than they were last year. But again, you can't really tell how they're going to finish because literally Denver is the first guaranteed. Memphis, the Timberwolves, the Pelican, the Thunder... All are like babies. And you know, the Dallas Mavericks, again, don't know what's going on with them, but they, they're they one of the teams, like, I don't know what's going on, but they could be a playoff team. And Utah's up on the rise. Portland's going down. Now, again, the Rockets, ever since they traded James Harden, they've been just saying, we're just going to not care, and we're just going to keep tanking and being bad. And they just keep loading up on stuff. And obviously, they drafted this Amen Thompson who's considered a top 1% athlete in the NBA, 6'7", with a 6'11", wingspan, streaming, stream pace, and violent leaping ability. So even though he's a he's a wing in size, he'll likely be a playmaker on the ball. This is the start of the season. Or this is the start of the second tier of the class. But he's a player with upside to be in this right spot. So again, they're hoping that he turns out to be what they hope as he's going to back up He's going to come off the bench, hopefully back up like Dylan Brooks or Jalen Green. While Aaron Holiday and Reggie Bullock, they're going to come off the bench and back up Flair Van Fleet and Jalen Green. Jabari Smith from last year, they're like, we really like this guy and Jalen Green. So Jalen Green, this is Jalen Green's team. He's the lead young guy. And now he'll have not just Jabari Smith Jr. from last year or, you know, one of those most improved candidate players in this Alperin Sengun who's played really well and was in the rookie sophomore game. They got Eamon Thompson. So it's like right there. They're good. Now, obviously, this Kevin Porter thing, he was supposed to be that guy and that young team going forward when Bickerstaff traded him to the Rockets for to help out the coach because, you know, Bickerstaff was friends with the guy who was coaching the, the Rockets. And he was like, yeah. And... The whole domestic violence thing, Steven Silas, they gave him a raw deal. He was there for th- for essentially three seasons, and they were like, nah, it's time to go. You're, they've been trying to lose on purpose. You can't really blame the head coach. The whole Kevin Porter thing, they said he's never playing again, so they traded him. Because they keep like stockpiling draft picks and they're just stinking, they had all this money. So they overpaid for Fred Van Fleet, but having a veteran point guard to help out youngsters, Jalen Green... And now Eamon Thompson, that's a good thing. Getting Dylan Brooks, the 3 and D guy, and Reggie Bulk, a 3 and guy, get the team toughness, veteran leadership, so not a young team in the clubhouse. And they brought back Jeff Green. So having Jeff Green back also helps this team out. 
as well. Boban's a good veteran to have on this team. Aaron Holiday's a good veteran to have on this team. So they really went in on the veterans here. They really did. So I'm a little confused, though, why Ime Udoka, when he knew he wasn't coming back to Celtics, instead of waiting on the Sixers, who had a new head coach, like literally, if you look at the, if you just look at it, last year, Milwaukee Bucks fired Mike Budenholzer. That position was open. You know, he could have gone there, Okay. Toronto Raptors fired Nick Nurse. They're not really going anywhere, but you could have been the coach there. The Pistons fired the coach. I know they're not going anywhere, but you could have also gone there. Okay? Phoenix Suns fired Monty Lynch was stupid. He could have gone there. Okay? And I said the 76ers, they fired Doc Rivers. So it's another team. Okay? No, he decides to go there. Well, if he, I think he has the belief that the additions of Dylan Brooks and Reggie Bullock and Jeff Green and Aaron Holiday to this team and, now, and also Victor Oladipo will be, we got enough veteran players, who, even if Oladipo and Bullock and Jeff Green don't get many minutes, it's going to be very, and our Holiday, it's really going to help this team out going forward because, and Fred Van Fleet, because you need veterans either in the starting lineup or off the bench in the clubhouse. You can't just be, all young guys. So Jalen Green is going to really benefit from that. So with Sangoon, so with Barry Smith, and Deshaun Tate, and Eamon Thompson. Like, all these guys will benefit from that. And But again, the Rockets are going to be like the Magic and the Pistons. And the Spurs as well. And the Blazers who are now young and the Jazz who are young. It's going to be about, like, can you, like, and the Hornets... And the Pacers. You got all this young talent. Are you going to prove it? Or what are you going to do going forward? Like that's that's the issue there. Okay? Now then. The Warriors are still, in my opinion, going to be a top five seed. Last year, obviously, they finished with the sixth seed. And they didn't have to worry about the playing game. But I feel like they're going to be a top five seed. Because they're going to be healthier. There's going to be things that are... You know, better, you know? So you can never count out any team that has Steve Kerr as the head coach, any team that has Steph, Steve Kerr and Steph Curry, a point guard, and Draymond Green, they, they, they re-signed. There was potential of him leaving, which I didn't think was going to happen. He's too much harder than the soul of this team as the undersized power forward and them obviously having and again clay thompson healthy like those four guys are really 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 important like that's what it that's what it comes down to so with those guys around you know things are not going to screw around and the hope is that the hope that andrew wiggins is healthy doesn't have any issues off the court that Gary Payton's also healthy, and they realize they should have kept themselves letting go. Like, those two guys will play some key minutes and shoot the three ball and play defense. So, you know what? It helps them out. And obviously, Dante Vincenzo and Jermichael Green, 
They were pretty good backups. But Corey Joseph will is a been a career backup, second string, third string point guard, back to his days in San Antonio. So okay, and Steph Curry doesn't play heavy minutes in the regular season because Corey Joseph could be the point guard, okay? Rudy Gay, who I thought they were gonna keep when they signed him, they cut him. So a little annoyed by that. The other biggest thing was when Bradley Beal was traded from Washington to Phoenix, Chris Paul went to Washington and they they're not going where they don't want him. So they flipped Chris Paul to Golden State. And we were like, why? You got Steph Curry. You don't need him. He's old. What is he going to do? Can't play him at the same time. Or is he going to come off the bench? It doesn't matter if Chris Paul comes off the bench or starts. He also, obviously, hasn't been super healthy at the end of his career. Could never get that far. He got to the finals once. But him and Corey Joseph can play some key minutes at point guard so you can keep Steph Curry when you need him in the playoffs. Okay? But also, what Chris Paul will do for this team that people are not going to talk about that much is that Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga, like Jordan Poole, like, oh, they got these young, really young players. Ooh, we got to get their potential. They didn't really work out. So if he's out there on the floor running the game, he's going to make Moses Moody and Kev- and Jonathan Kaminga banner. He's going to make Kevon Looney banner. Lobs and all this other stuff that he did with Tyson Chandler. And all these other, and Dwight Howard, all these other guys over the years, whatever, you know, may not have been Dwight Howard, but you get what I'm saying. A good cent, a cent, a quality center, him playing with them has always been a thing. So, that move is a great move. I don't know what, pe- what people are thinking wrong with that, okay? Dario Saric. It was a great stretch for in Philly and Minnesota. And both of them were like, eh, we don't need him anymore. Then he gets some, is wind his way up with the Suns, right? And the Suns just all of a sudden decide they don't want to play him and he wasn't healthy. Then he gets traded to Oklahoma City who isn't trying to win and they just want to draft picks. But that's a great pick because that uh, guy uh, that was on the last Warriors team I can't pronounce his name. That's the problem, is that I can't pronounce his name. Because I don't want to butcher it, because I can't pronounce a lot of people's names, okay? But, I will say I will say his name is Namjania Balikia, dude. Like, Like, that dude is a really good stretch three. And it was Sark being 6'10", 11, almost 7 feet, he's a stretch five. He could literally back up Kavon Looney so they have another center that they could actually try if they really wanted to. And they can really stretch the four with him on the perimeter. So I feel like that move, people are not going to talk about that. The Chris Paul one, keeping, bringing back, making sure you have Gary Payton on this team instead of letting him go, bringing Court Joseph. So I feel like Steph Curry... He might have to play a lot of minutes if Chris Paul and Corey Joseph are out there. You know, Draymond Green has Dario Stark. He's have to play a lot of minutes, okay? And if Kaminga and Moody play really well, you can give you don't have to play Klay Thompson all the time. That's like a good thing there. And if Andrew Wiggins is there for the full season, you know you're gonna have your three and D small four. That's you know, 
the good thing. I'm going to say this again. So you can't count out the Warriors. I feel like they have a good chance of going all the way to the NBA Finals because of this team. But if you look at this dumb depth chart, it's like, well, I don't know who's coming up with these at ESPN. We've got Draymond Green at center, and Wiggins at power forward, and Klay Thompson at small forward, and Steph Curry at shooting guard, and Chris Paul at point guard. Like, again, I don't understand some of these things, and that was probably stupid of me to look at this stuff because, again, I don't know who's running this crap, you know. It's really stupid ESPN. you got to go fix that. You really do. I'm just going to say that. It's very, it would be very – I'm going to tell you this scan. They did draft this Brandon Podinsky dude as shooting guard, so maybe he'll get minutes as shooting guard this year. They got this Trace Jackson Davis they drafted later. But I will say this. Mark my words. If the Warriors want to win a championship, Kevon Looney will get the majority of the minutes at center. Jamon Green will play his natural position of power forward. And you'll play Andrew Wiggins every day at small forward. That's what I'm going to tell you this, okay? Andrew Wiggins is your small forward every single day. Klay Thompson and Steph Curry are starters. And you have Chris Paul come off the bench. That's what you're going to have to do. Gary Payton comes off the bench with Molus Boothic and Jonathan Kaminga and Dario Stark. That's just going to make the most sense. Now then, the other team in that division is the Suns. And you're like, well, the Suns are going to finish better with them. I don't know. It's got a lot of pieces together to try to figure out what's going on with this team as the Suns. Last year traded for Kevin Durant. Remember, they got their team for a lot of players. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? So, they get Bradley Beal. And you're like, cool, they got Bradley Beal. Eric Gordon, sixth man of the year type of player. They weren't sure if you have three max players and Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, are going to get guys. Well, they got Nasir Little, Yusuf Nurkic, and like Wananabe, Drew Ebanks, Grayson Allen, Kade Bedas, Bull Bull, Keon Johnson, all from either the trades with the Trailblazers or with the Bradley Beal trade with all this maneuvering and stuff and getting rid of DeAndre Ayton. You're like, why did they re-sign him to this money if, they were, if, if it wasn't going to work out? Well, why did they fire Monty Williams? The two of them had an issue in the first place. You could have kept Monty Williams. Oh, why did they hire Frank Vogel, who's really good with big men? He was good with Dwight Howard when the Lakers won a championship. He was good with Roy Hibbert. You're like, what's going on there? Like, I don't understand that. So now they got Yusuf Nurkic, who, again, is not healthy. He's a tougher player than Aiden, and he's not going to want to demand the ball. But he never stays healthy, okay? Cameron Payne, they got to let it go with him. He was, for some reason, good there as a backup. Torrey Craig and Landry Shamer. Landry Shamet, excuse me, had to get traded in the Beal trade, it makes sense. Torrey Craig, they let go of free agency. They want to pay him. They let Bizek Miyamba go and Darius Baisley. So, kept Josh Gokey and Damon Lee. See, someone else wrote, why not get see Frank Vogel turn agent to a defensive force like Roy Hibbert or do late died Howard and see if there are better offers than materialize? I don't get it. So, it's, I just feel it's interesting. Yeah, so... We all were worried about what they were going to do with their team. Like we, everyone's like, "Oh my God, no! What are they going to do?" So I feel like they have they have still got to figure things out. But again, Josh Oki Okogi and getting Grayson Allen in the in the uh, Damian Lillard, Drew Holiday sort of thing, Bobber trade, 
all those pieces is you hate this guy. I don't like him after what he did to the Bulls and Caruso and all this and the other stuff. But he's that type of player you want on the team, you know, a pesky guy, like an annoying guy. That's what you want. And obviously, Damian Lee was good for them. And Bull Bulls a freaking nature. Like, of course you want this guy. And Drew Ebanks is a quality backup big man. Key to Data Jobs is is a quality guy to have as a role player. At 6'8", is a forward. Watanabe's a good three-point shooter. Eric Gordon is a great combo guard man off the bench. This year, Little is a young guy from Portland. Saving Lee. So I'm saying, like, they, they, they did better than I thought when it came to fixing their bench. Like, I really thought... That it was going to be a problem. Like, who's going to fill out the bench? Who's going to do this? But the dumbest thing is Devin Booker is going to be the point guard, okay? Because they don't have an actual point guard on this team. Like, Joshua Kogi is a shooting guard. Grayson Allen is a shooting guard at his position. Damian Lee, again, shooting guard. Watanabe is a shooting guard because he's a shooter. Nasir Little is also like a shooting guard. Only The only guy on this team that's had good uh, long minutes at point guard in his career has been Eric Gordon back in the beginning of his career. I don't know if you, you're going to have him because Beal's starting. Because the starting lineup is definitely going to be Booker, Yusuf Nurkic, Kevin Durant, and Bradley Beal. You know, that's just, that's where that's what the starting lineup is going to be. Now, Kevin Durant can play stretch four, and they can start one of the guards that they have on this team. Like, that's an option there. It really is. And now, Sacramento Kings, right? They were like, wow, look at us. We were so great last year. We made the playoffs. We were the third seed. Everyone didn't know about us. We're going to get away and do that again. Now, obviously, I feel like them getting... Crystal Warte in a trade and getting JaVale McGee as a backup. That will replace the loss of Rashawn Holmes. Terrence Davis, Shimise Metu, not really big losses. But they kept Harrison Barnes, even though there's been rumors of trying to trade him for years. Same thing with Trey Lyle. Alex Lynn, when healthy, is a good backup. And Sabonis is an all-star, okay? So, again, like... You know, Mike Brown and this team were really good last year, and they surprised a lot of teams. The West is tough, so I don't think that they're going to be, like, surprising the teams, uh, you know, anymore. But again, Sabonis really played the way he was supposed to. Like, we already know he did, and of course he was so good with the Pacers before getting here. It was an all-star. Him and Harrison Barnes... As two of your leaders, and then obviously De'Aaron Fox. It didn't work out. Marvin Bagley and Buddy healed all those other guys. Yeah, like it, it's worked out. Okay, Kevin Hoyter. I never know why Atlanta gave up on him. Made no sense. Davion Mitchell turned out had turned out to be a good player, and Malik Monk was always the undersized guard in in you know. Charlotte, but between Monk and Mitchell off the bench and Keegan Murray and and Kevin Hoyter starting alongside here in Fox and you playing Harrison Bard as a stretch four, 
Again, not a bad team. Trey Lyles, Alex Lynn, and JaVale McGee. You got three quality backup big men, okay? Chris Duarte is going to be coming off the bench because of the fact that you're starting De'Aaron Fox at the same time as Davion Mitchell and Keegan Murray, probably, unless you're starting Kevin Hoyter with Keegan Murray and you still have Malik Monk, David Mitchell off the bench. Chris Duarte is an injured prone, has been injured in his career so far, but he's a talented scoring shooting guard. I just... He's going to have to turn into, like, Karis LeVert, another guy who used to play, you know, for the Pacers as a guard. And just just score off the bench. That's what we need. Like, that's what you need. So, sorry to the Sacramento Kings, but I'm not putting you back up there as a top three seed, let alone a top six seed. You and the Grizzlies probably going to drop. And I feel like... The Mavericks have a better shot to be, make the playoff. I feel like the Thunder can have a guaranteed spot. The Lakers probably can have a good chance of a guaranteed spot. It's the Timberwolves and the Pelicans, I'm a little bit iffy on to begin with. So that's the problem there with the Sacramento Kings. They got all this talent with one of my favorite players, Sabonis, and I just don't know if they're going to repeat being a top seed. Like They could probably be a playing team, but I don't know if they're going to repeat that. Now, the Battle of L.A., We'll come down to the new rule of player resting, you know, load management crap. If you can do that with LeBron James, Anthony Davis for the Lakers, and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. And I feel like the the Lakers snuck into the playoffs last year and they beat, you know, and they did all the other stuff that they did last year. And I was like, wow. They literally lost to the Nuggets, but they upset the Warriors and all and the other teams. And they're just like, what happened there, man? Like for real. So the Lakers surprising, but I feel like the Clippers roster with Ty Lue running this the the thing is a lot better than what the Lakers have, but it's obviously very 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 close because again the Lakers go out there win the play-in tournament right and. They beat Memphis in the first round, young team that wasn't ready. Then they beat Golden State at injuries and some other issues, and they lost, obviously, to the other team. Now, I personally think the Clippers, based on how Kawhi Leonard and Paul George are younger combination, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, that I feel like that's a good thing. I think Tyler's a better coach than Ham, Darvin Ham. So, I think adding K.J. Martin, keeping Plumlee and Westbrook for continuity makes sense. I'd rather have right now Russell Westbrook, because Russell Westbrook doesn't miss any game. He gets triple doubles with rebounds and blocks and steals and assists. He just plays hard. He eats minutes. They're going to miss Eric Gordon scoring off the bench, but... You know, bench players always can be replaced, and Mason Plumlee is a good role player. Now... Nicholas Batum said after this season he's going to play in the Olympics is the last thing. But again, the Clippers are so deep because they know how often Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are missing time that getting Nicholas Batum, a wing player who plays defense and shoot threes, Amir Coffey's become a good 3 and D guy, and Robert Covington can play small forward 
and power forward and shoot threes. He's been good. Bones Highland, they got him for Brady Jackson. Like, he's he's probably going to come off the bench because they want to start Russell Westbrook, but he's a good defensive player off the bench. Terrence Mann, they seem to be untouchable in trades for James Harden, so he's a quality guy there. Kenny Martin Jr. was a good enough player in Houston. I just thought maybe a change of scenery. And they got Marcus Morris, who, again, quality backup. Norman Powell, he's a good 3 and D guy at that position. And Ivan Zubak, who the Lakers probably regret ever trading, is literally a quality center in this league. So Lakers are so the Clippers are so deep, really, okay? Like super, super deep. Where Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, in my opinion, one can start a shooting guard, one start a small four. The other one, or you can one start a small four and one start a shoot at power four. Like it it's all these different lineups that you know Tyra Lou can do because Zubac at center and Westbrook at point guard are obviously that's permanent. It Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are permanent the question where you're gonna play. Do you want to start Norman Powell? Do you want to start Robert Covington at power forward? Or do you want to start Nicholas Batum or Terrence Mann at the two-guard spot? Like, it all depends on what you want to do. That's why, like, this team has a lot of possibilities. It's always going to come down to, like, if, you know, what's going to happen there. Are they going to be a top five seed, top six seed? Because they know they got to be top six in order to miss the play- They don't want to miss the playoff. Like, that's just really what it's going to come down to. They drafted someone with the 48th overall pick and the 30th overall pick. His name is Kobe Brown. They just thought they just drafted a a good player with a 30th overall pick. A good player, not amazing, but good. Okay, and then we get the Lakers. Okay, LeBron James is getting older. Anthony Davis is still brittle and injured all the time, but I got to give him credit. Last year at the deadline, they added all these guys like Mo Bamba, Dennis Schroeder came, uh, excuse me, on his team. Lonnie Walker was the team last year. They got Malik Beasley in these the Russell Westbrook trade. You know, like they made some really good moves. They they kept Rui Hachimura. They got from Washington. They got Andrew Russell for the second time. They got from Minnesota. They got Jared Vanderbilt, like Malik Beasley, from you know Westbrook trades and stuff. But they kept Vanderbilt. And Austin Reed showed out that he's a good role player. And they're like, we got to keep him. We made the mistake of not keeping Alex Caruso. So, again, moves they made at the deadline and moves they made in the offseason were locking up Gabe Vincent from Miami. He's a key guard to have on your team. Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood are good younger players who can play center power forward spots. And Cam Reddish, Atlanta was done to trade him. But then Tim Thibodeau never played him and he was just stuck. Stuck on the bench, never getting his potential. And I was like... You need to, like, save this guy, like, for real. Like, Cam Reddish being saved was a great thing, okay? Yes, he was on Portland for half a season, but getting saved by the Lakers where he can play shooting guard or small forward and just ask him to go out there, play defense, and hit the open three. That's what he's going to do. Same thing with Tarion Prince, the veteran. Tarion Prince is going to replace Troy Brown as the veteran. Cam Reddish will replace the young guy, Lonnie Walker. Christian Wood is going to replace Mo Bamba. Gabe Vincent is going to replace Malik Beasley slash Dennis Schroeder. And Jackson Hayes is going to replace just another big man on this team. That's where it's like they, Rob Palenka has made very good moves. And then even with 70th pick, Jalen Hood Shafino. They said he's a streaky scorer, especially a shooter, which will be for the Lakers immediately. He's a nice player. Like, 
it's good they're trying to figure out they get somebody nice there, but a team that has the possibility of LeBron James a small forward and Rui Hachimura a power forward, and they, I would put Anthony Davis center. Well, that is why they went and got Jackson Hayes and Christian Wood, because Anthony Davis does not want to play center. Oh my God, la 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 la. But Anthony Davis, he plays a center. I think your lineup is so much better. Rui more at power forward as a stretch forward with LeBron at small forward. And you go D'Angelo Russell at point guard. And you go Jarrett Vanderbilt at shooting guard. Cause, or you go Austin Reeves at shooting guard with D'Angelo Russell. Like That's where I'm thinking that. That's what I'm saying. If D'Angelo Russell or Gabe Vincent is your starting point guard and the other one comes off the bench, cool, 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 cool. That's really good. And if you decide that you're going to start Austin Reeves as shooting guard, that's fine. But LeBron James and Rich Moore should be starting with Anthony Davis. But by doing that, it, it looks like Rich Moore is going to come off the bench because LeBron and Anthony Davis are going to start, and you're either going to start Christian Wood or Jackson Hayes at center, which, again, I think is silly. And then Jared Vanderbilt comes off the bench. With Cam Reddish and Tarurian Prince and Jackson Hayes, like, and either Schroeder or Mac or Gabe Vincent, like, they did way better. I don't know if it's going to guarantee themselves a team because it's all going to come down to the health of LeBron James and Anthony Davis. It's that's what it's always going to come down to. It doesn't matter about anything else. And now, I will say this: I have the Bucks winning over the Warriors. That's my thing. I feel like Nicole Jokic and Kevin Durant could also win MVP. I heard, I, this is for Eastern Conference, but Giannis obviously have a Mobley, Drew Holiday, and Bam for defensive. Mark Diego, Diego that I mentioned could be Coach of the Year. So could Spolster and Eddie Griffin. But again, Rookie of the Year, definitely Venbayamas. It's his to lose, but Scoot Henderson and Chet Holmgren can also win it. Derek White, Josh Hart, Bobby Horst, I put all Eastern guys for six man. Also prove I put Pistons. Cunningham, but Giddy and Al and Alfred Sa- Alfred Sangoon could take the next step. Zion and Chad Holmgren and Miles Bridges again, those are all comeback players. Mike Dunleavy, who took over for Bob Myers, who left, the former NBA player whose father was a head coach and a executive, he could win it. You know, James Jones of the Suns, the moves that he made. Brad Stevens with the moves he made. Like there are all these possibilities of all those awards. But again, thanks for listening to the 2023, 2024. Western Conference NBA preview where we talk about the West. You can get your East elsewhere. On the Radar Entertainment, on the Radar Media.com. Download your podcasts everywhere Apple, Google, Spotify. And for your podcast, just rate, subscribe, okay? Thanks for listening to another edition of On the Radar. We talk about the Western Conference here. See you guys next time.